0: What's up?
1: Well, you know, I've been job hunting lately, but that's not really the content or the mood I want to bring to this podcast right up front. No, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna just bring up just
0: get right just dive dick headfirst into the abject misery. No,
1: no, certainly not. So uh, you know, outside of that, I've I've been doing my thing. I've been watching a lot of movies lately as I tend to do. I uh uh-huh. I always try to do, you know, like one a day and I always fall behind, but but this year i think it's the 11th and i think i've watched i've managed uh 16 or 18 movies so far and
0: i have seen two movies this year <laughs> one of them was no and one of them was brightburn Bright i'm so bad at watching movies that aren't for this podcast i
1: yeah i get it i
0: i, I don't know like, I, it's i i i put i put on like an 80 minute i put on I, so my one of my goals for this year for movie watching is to watch all of mary elizabeth winstead's filmography. Sure. And this includes the very first movie that she was in at the age of like 13 called The Long Road Home, which is like a straight to D- a straight to VHS movie about a about some boy who goes to live on his grandparents' farm and his 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 granddad is really racist about about Native Americans ah. and <laughs> that's and then Mary and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is there. Um and I I got like I tried to do that on like I don't know, January, like, 5th or 6th, and I got, like, 20 minutes into the movie, and I was like, okay, I gotta pause this movie, and I'll come back to it, and it's six days later now, and I have not come back to
1: it. Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes, right? I think for me, um, the biggest thing I run into is when I watch a movie, I really prefer to have the time to just sit down and, you know, watch it, focus all of the attention that I can on it, and so it's hard for me to put on a movie in the background while I'm doing something else and feel that I've gotten sort of the substance of it, you know? Um, yeah. Like I, I can do that with movies I've seen a few times before, but if it's something I haven't seen, if I'm not 100% engaged with it, I, I, I think to myself, oh, this movie is not great. This is kind of boring, but it's just because my attention span isn't, isn't focusing on it. Right. But, um, so yeah, I have been trying to I've been trying to focus on stuff when I can. I I have y'all done uh, Cronenberg's The Brood on this podcast before? Have y'all ever no, talked about that? No, I
0: think the, the only Cronenberg we've done is uh Videodrome and I think Dead Dead Ringers is Cronenberg, right? Yeah,
1: Dead Ringers is a, is a is yeah, a Cronenberg we did, joint, yeah.
0: Yeah, um Blair and I did that when we were fucked up on Forlorn. <laughs>
1: That was our four loco special. God bless. God bless. Yeah, we should we should talk about the brood sometimes. That movie is really good. I I watched that to prepare for this podcast episode. I actually watched Superman three and four, which I had never seen before. And nine neither... the three is the, three is the one with Nuclear Man and, and Richard Pryor in it, right? Three is the one with Richard Pryor. Four is the one with Nuclear Man. So okay, yeah, yeah. Three in particular, I wanted to watch. Because that is the one where Superman absorbs fake kryptonite and becomes super dick at the end and has to struggle with being not so much an evil version of himself, just kind of an asshole version of himself, and I felt like that was pretty appropriate for the content of the film that we will be discussing on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen a super. I don't think I've ever seen a Superman movie. I've I, uh, uh, I think I watched like half of the Brandon Ruth Ruth is that his name? Brandon Ruth. I the, like mid two thousands one. The Superman Returns. Yeah, the one where
1: like that trail that trailer that was plastered all over with the bullet bouncing off of his eyeball. Sure, I have not seen that movie. I I've seen yeah. Superman one. I've seen Superman two. I think mostly in pieces on TV Mm broadcasts and things mm -hmm. like that, but I'm not sure I've seen the whole thing. Superman 3, uh, I don't know if it was good, but I did enjoy it. Superman 4 was just kind of straight ass, and I could not recommend it, even though it is very cool. There's a very cool sequence where Lex Luthor uh, attaches this weird flesh bud that he's grown from a piece of Superman's hair and shoots it on a nuclear missile into the sun, which, you know, is, like, very complex and kind of stupid and contrived, but... There is right, because this...
0: Superman, Superman like goes to the UN and says I'm throwing yes. I'm doing nuclear disarmament because you fucked yes won't.
1: yes absolutely because because a sad little boy writes to Superman and he says dear Superman why have you not disarmed the world of all of its nuclear armaments and Superman says you know what that's a great idea but <laughs> and, they're, that, they're... and that
0: little boy was Hideo Kojima yeah. writing Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 5
1: yeah. Phantom but, there, but there's <laughs> this really good there's this really good moment in that movie where <clears throat> the missile flies out of the atmosphere into the heat of the sun and when Uh it when it when it collapses into the sun there's this animated sequence where like this this plume of radiation and fire comes out of the sun balls up forms into an embryo which then develops into a blast of energy that becomes nuclear man and i'm just sitting here watching it and i'm thinking this was a very inspired sequence for a very shitty movie <laughs> i don't know sometimes, sometimes sometimes
0: they sometimes they just put all the pussy in one for the movie in one little shot yeah they
1: put all the pussy into that movie for nuclear man's hair this, and big silver is... glue on nails that he wears <laughs> This is what they did for. This is what they did for for Gnome Hut. They put all the pussy
0: into the dream sequences, and then just spent the rest of it like saying, "What if our director What if? What if the director's self insert fucked a teenager?" Listen,
1: I know that between you and I, we could do a whole second episode on Gnome <laughs> Hut right here <laughs> and right just now. Right now. Yeah. Because I fucking hate that movie so much. But I am. I am not. I am not. I have to walk away. I have to. We have to. Yeah. We we must be the ones
0: that walk away from Omaha.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: We, we must be the ones that walk away from Brightburn, Kansas. Yeah. Or we're walking. Brightburn, Kansas, we're walking. We're walking
1: towards Brightburn, Kansas, because I don't think anyone in this movie walks away from Brightburn, Kansas. So, do we? Uh, well, do we want to go ahead and get into it?
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, let's do this. everyone. It's your number one What a Superman Was Fucked Up Twisted Joker-style movie, or podcast. What a Superman Was Fucked Up Twisted Joker-style podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by Morgan. Morgan. Hello,
1: hello. Hi, I'm back. I'm here for your number one Nighthawks Diner podcast. I, I am so <laughs> thrilled. I'm so thrilled to talk about this movie. I, I, so... Oh. What so so we we were talking about me guessing on another episode, right, and i I right because because a bit of a peek behind the curtain, um we're recording this
0: on Tuesday, like the eleventh, and um, I've got a surgery coming up this week, so I had to get an episode like done really early in the week so that I could hand it off to Blair for editing for the Monday that this will be coming out on, and um so. I realized, like on sa- on Saturday or Sunday, I was like, "Oh fuck! I haven't reached out to a guest or anything. I got to get this
1: done." And I was like, "Hey Morgan, you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you 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 busy? I know your job hunt, so I know you're not working." Yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh, th- the great thing about this is that this is one this is one that you suggested, right? I think, with the exception of the Flatliners remake, everything that I've been on for for this podcast has been has been one of one of my picks, right? Like all the mm-hmm. Saw movies. Uh, ghost watch and all that shit but this this was yours and i gotta say i i had a great time with this movie i um
0: yeah this has been on my um so uh, i guess another peek behind the curtain the, um, this show, I have not really, I, I, I this is going to sound like a complaint and I promise that it's not because I love letting other people pick movies and see, and let people show me things that they want to pick out. Yeah. But, um, I have had scant opportunities to actually pick out a movie myself because the formula is so often I reach out to the guest they pick the movie or they give me a couple of options. Then I pick from what they give me. And so the movies that I have like shortlisted for things that I want to watch, I don't really have opportunities to do them. And Brightburn has been on my list for a while. Cause I have like. I have a soft spot for like like the idea of what if Superman wanted to kill you? Like what the fuck are you going to do about it? Like that's a scary thing to me. I fucking love that shit. Totally. Totally.
1: Um, I so the thing about this movie So I was delighted to be able to do this. I I number one, I love coming on to talk about movies I haven't seen just because I like being able to watch something new. This was a movie that I knew very little going into. I think it was a movie I had kind of dismissed when I heard about it for the first time, because a big part of this film and this film's advertising cycle was banking on, you know, that kind of what if Superman was fucked up and evil, but it was also produced by by James Gunn, right? And I'm not Mm -hmm. coming on this podcast to say that, you know, James Gunn is untalented or he hasn't done good work or that sort of thing, but... I feel like when you are advertising something in the year 2019 as being produced by James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy, you're angling for a very specific audience, right? And I am not not really in that audience, and so I kind of wrote this off, but I am... Delighted to report that this movie is is great. It's a fun time. I mean, I don't know if I thi- call it great, is, but we had a good
0: time watching it. Yeah. The, thi- the thing is that like everyone now, like James Gunn is now the Guardians of the Galaxy guy, and you forget that he like directed Slither, which is yeah. like one of my favorite. Like I, I think if I like definitely an all timer as far as like be like like two thousands B horror movie goes. Totally. Like yeah. That's 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 just a really fun movie. I like that movie a lot. Like. It's easy to like James Gunn has become
1: the has become the Guardians of the Galaxy guy
0: now to so many people. And he was for me too until I raised Oh fuck he directed Slither, that movie rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. He's done he's done some good stuff in the past. So do we um this is not directed but by But he did, he did not he did not direct this no, one, no, no. This was
0: directed by uh, uh um directed by uh David Yarowski. Mm-hmm. Who has directed a movie called Night Books and The High, which I, I've never heard of those. No, this
1: is the only film by him I, I had any awareness of. Do we, um... Yeah. Do we want to go ahead and get into it. Uh, I think I think this is this is a movie where we'll have a lot to chew on as we as we walk through. Absolutely. It. So so it I'm feeling a bit like I'm watching The Witch, the way there's
0: like 18th studio credits at the top yeah! of the, at the top of the movie. God. I mean, it's just it's just five. It's just Sony, Screen Gems, Stage 6 films, the H collective, and Troll Court her. Troll
1: Court Entertainment really <laughs> knocked me on my ass. Not as much <laughs> as seeing the Screen Gems logo, though. I think I yelled out loud in real you life did. yeah
0: this the horrified sound you
2: make like
1: it starts out with the sony logo and i'm like okay okay and the next thing you see is that is the screen gems logo with the it's like red glass that kind of whirls around to becomes screen mm-hmm. gems and i screamed because that is the same logo intro at the beginning of every single resident evil and underworld film which is where i know them from and as soon yeah. as that happened i was like oh boy
2: <laughs>
0: we're in for a ride screen on gems. this one I've never seen any of those movies, but Screen Gems is a very familiar uh, production company. Like that's a very familiar production logo to me, and I'm curious what it is that they've done that it's that's sticking out in my they've head. They've done
1: a lot of, like they have done a pretty wide range of films, not just you yeah. know kind of schlocky uh, genre movies. But mm-hmm. I, I mostly know that as uh, seeing in succession Screen Gems and Constantine films uh, for the Resident Evil franchise. The, yeah. the, the 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 devious duo of production houses
0: yeah they produced pride and prejudice and zombies ah. <laughs> okay yeah uh uh oh the the remake of the grudge that i think that's the most recent one of theirs that i've seen oh sure yeah <clears throat> that movie fucking sucked oh it was very funny and it was very bad
1: i'll take your word for it i still haven't seen any of the american rings or grudges or anything like that
0: the first of the ring is a good movie. Like, yeah. uh, no, like no asterisk needed. Yeah, I I like, like Naomi
1: Watts. I like the original ring. I, I would like to see. There's that. a
0: horse that there's a ho- there's a horse that jumps into the that like kills itself by jumping off of the boat. Uh huh.
1: I hear this a lot about that film. Uh I know there's a part yes. isn't that the one where there's a, a fly on the screen and the guy like reaches out and plucks it and it's like real or something like that? Or is that uh-huh. the sequel? Yep.
0: No, that's the first one I think. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Uh hey, so so Brightburn.
0: <laughs> where do we start yeah, here? Yeah, Brightburn <laughs> We start, at the, we start at the Briar House, we get their mailbox, which is like an establishing shot that we see like eight times throughout this movie. I, I wish I'd kept a tally because, like, we see the Briar House mailbox so many times. Yeah, it, it's
1: it's, a, it's it's a, I would go so far as to call it a motif in this film. Yeah, I, I don't exactly. know what for. I don't know what it's meant to accomplish. Yeah.
0: And we cut inside to see the, the infertility book oh uh, on the bookshelf of the characters here who are... They're not... They are... <laughs> It's so weird that these characters are like these characters are named Kyle and Tori, I think. Yeah. But I'm I'm so unsure because they are almost never like I did not know Kyle's name until 45 minutes in this movie, despite the fact that he is ostensibly the one of the protagonists of this movie. The only
1: and same with Tori. The only reason I knew Tori's name is because at one point she's wearing a name tag that says it on there. I don't think they they mention her name until again like an hour yeah yeah it takes a while so we cut into this house and and there's just a sh- they are just they're just fertility guys splayed out everywhere it's so just funny. like how
0: to get knocked up yeah uh
1: rustic mailbox fifty dollars a vintage spoon display eighty dollars infertility books thirty six hundred dollars please help me budget this my family is dying
0: Ch- six, ten chickens. Yeah, God. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll
1: we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there, to that. Yeah. But God, they they like um, this movie. This movie does a lot to, I, I guess, do what I would uh, loosely call environmental storytelling. But none of it ever really sticks because they never do any other kind of storytelling. I feel like there's a lot right. of exposition in this film that's just kind of meant to be assumed by the viewer that we just don't see or aren't privy to like the fact that we don't learn their character names until you know an hour into this film
0: right um uh, uh fucking so the we are two our two characters tori and kyle mom and dad they're 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 trying to fuck they're trying to have baby um but then the then tori's like wait hold on i i do you hear that and like I, I could have just been hearing things, but I could swear that I heard something. Like, it it wasn't Despacito, but like it sounded like it sounded like musically similar to Despacito. Maybe it was a cover um, of
1: Despacito.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's the it was the Dobby Pussy Indulgence song. Yeah, they blew they and... blew
1: all their music budget in this movie for the credit song. <laughs> yeah,
0: God, the way God, okay. That's an hour and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we to we we work up this. to it. It's a pretty good payoff. I can't believe I just... Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but they, she's like, oh, I guess I was just hearing things. Nothing's there. And then the there's like a huge earthquake and the lights flicker out and we see that outside something has crashed to earth in their, back, in their backyard. And it's this big red glowing smoking mass. And then we get some footage of a baby that they presumably found in the wreckage. Yeah, we we like because because we we see that we see that we see the wreckage, and then we get like our our intro title credit sequence over, which is just like a bunch of home footage of a baby growing up. Yeah, like,
1: and... this this movie assumes that if you're watching this, you're familiar with the cultural impact of Superman, you know? Because yes, it...
0: and I mean like a, a reasonable assumption to make. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. But we don't ever see them. Pull this baby out of the ship, except in a dream sequence later, which may or may not be accurate, right? Uh, so, right. it's just, it's just kind of assumed. They also,
0: they also like, exp- they also like stated ex- explicitly around like the the in the middle of the second act of the movie. Yeah, just like yeah. To, but, but we just to make sure that we get that. There's,
1: I, I think it's weird, right? I think it's weird that there's not an actual scene where we see them pull this baby out of the spaceship. But I guess it's not, yeah. I guess it's not really important. The thing about um. The thing about this movie I do want to note is that it is a what-if-Superman-was-fucked-up-and-twisted movie. But I think more than that, it's it's an evil kid film in the same kind of vein as, you know, The Omen or The, Omen, yeah. the Exorcist or, like, Carrie or that sort of thing. Except in this sense, the, the, the source of it is not paranormal. The source is this kid is fucked-up evil Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: We uh yeah we get this like this footage of the baby growing up and we then we cut to ten years later and we're at the Briar Farm and Tori is looking for her son and she's t- she does a little whistle thing with him like just she just like <whistles> and then you know he whistles back at her yeah just like you know set up for payoff later. Mm-hmm he he finds he uh she finds him in the barn and he like does a little jump scare at her and there are no animals to be seen anywhere this in this is, barn th- like this... oh
1: my god this is one of my favorite parts of this movie the the the, the barn and the farm itself is implied and assumed a- at no point number one do we ever so 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 here's the thing we know that his mom works at the diner, right? Because we see her with her name tag and her uniform, and I think she's at the diner in one scene, and I guess we're meant to assume his dad works on this farm, but... Yeah, we, we get like a, we get, we never actually see him like doing any farm work. No, but, like, we see him like we see him like like
0: at one point we see him like dusting off his gloves, like yeah. finishing up his work for the day. My, and, like th- he like leaves he like leaves the mow, the the mowing of the lawn to the the son Brandon. Uh, let's go, let's go, Brandon. We,
1: yeah, I was gonna I wasn't gonna say anything about that, but um, <laughs> I I love the implication of farm in this film because we never <laughs> see farm equipment. We never see crops. We and
0: like this farm. This farm looks so dilapidated too. Like this looks like they have not been maintaining. No,
1: it. It, the the farm is about three buildings, one of which we know is abandoned. And for most of the film, ambient chicken sound effects that we don't actually see. I think until probably about half an hour into the film, where we see precisely. Eight to ten chickens just <laughs> walking around, and that's it. We don't see cows, uh, we don't see goats, we don't see crops. Uh, we
0: don't hear them either. No, no, just nothing.
1: Like, this farm is literally three buildings, a bunch of land, and precisely ten chickens, which just tickles me to no end. It's very funny.
0: Right, like, they're... <laughs> they <laughs> I, I just I know I just said this, but I, I just really cannot get over how like visually, like just speaking in the visual language of film, like this this farm is presented to us as like something that has been like abandoned, yeah, like, like a thing that they used, to, a thing that they used to do. Like they still live on the property, but like the way that the farm looks, it looks like this is something that like their their parents did or something. Yeah, and
1: that's never addressed in the narrative, right? They never say, oh, you know, our parents own this place, we can't leave it. Uh, the dad never says like, oh, you know, I used to farm, but now I work at the hardware store. It, it's just there and i feel like it raises more questions than the filmmakers intended
0: yeah yeah but so we brandon goes to school the next day and uh his th- we get the the classic horror movie trope the the prescient lecture of oh, yeah. uh, the, the thematically the the on theme lecture which I said this while we were watching it, but this will never not fail to me. like. I I love this 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 genre trope so so much. It truly is so near and dear to my heart. It's it's a huge cliche, but I will never ever get tired of it. Yeah, because the 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 lecture in this case is like the the teacher asked Brandon what the difference between bees and wasps is, and he gives like an extremely detailed description of yeah. Them. How does this kid know so much about wasps? What's his deal? He did he did the reading, I guess. Yeah, and the, he just talks about how like a. Uh, Wasps like they trick people. They trick other species into like caring for their young, and then they kill them. And then another kid is like, "Oh, bro, why are you always talking about maggots? You must be one." Ha ha
1: ha, ha. Is that is that supposed to be a gay joke? Is that a slur joke, or is it is it is it just he's calling him? a worm. I think he's just calling him a maggot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> he's a little wor- he's a
0: little worm boy. Yeah, but um, the cute the the girl in front of him who's like his his like I guess. His little 12-year-old crush turns around and says, don't worry, smart guys end up ruling the planet, smiley face. Yeah, winky
1: face. Aha! Uh-huh. Unless. I was, um, I don't know. I, I was really worried about something with this movie. And, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. The, the,
1: the thing I was really worried about with this film is that they were going to set this up as, a. Uh, him, like, lasering all of his classmates to death in a really ham-fisted school shooter type situation. Thankfully, that does not happen in this film. What happens is way, way funnier. (laughs) So, I I was so (laughs) relieved that that is not how this went
0: i'm not complaining about this but given the setup i'm very surprised that the that his classmates got off relatively yes scot-free. yeah totally
1: i was expecting this I movie mean, like, to give, end with, given how... i was literally expecting this movie to end with a shot of him like walking into the school and then like the and, lasers like... coming out of his eyes as people scream and it cuts to black like that's how i thought this movie would end yeah. yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> I, mean,
0: I guess it. I, I mean, I guess it. That kind of happens, right? Doesn't he like? Doesn't like in the in the in the credits scene, done? Doesn't he like blow up the school? Or if something? he does, I
1: missed it. I know. I know. There's like yeah. a montage of destruction at the end, but um, if if if, I, if I, that if that happens, it's it's much it's handled with much less like specificity, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So we cut to later that night, and there's something fucky happening in the barn. It's like glowing red, and uh. Brandon has a seizure about it, but he, he's fine. He gets up and walks to the window, opens it and falls out. There's a really weird like continuity cut here where like when he gets out of bed, there's like this there's like this top down view of him and we see like a a like his red blanket like kind of hooked into the waist of his pants from behind, yeah, like kind of tape. looking like yeah. a cape. And then when he gets to the window, the 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 blanket is just completely gone. Yeah. And it, this is just a very minor thing, but it just felt like I don't know. It felt weird. It was a little strange. There, there's a it. lot
1: of really odd editing decisions in this movie. Uh, some of them, yeah. you can tell are like trying to do something cool, but they just sort of disrupt the continuity. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, this movie is fun. I think it has, it has some, you know, things you notice here and there like that. There's, there's one scene later on where, uh, he, he's in one location and then suddenly it just cuts to the other location where they're like there. Yeah. yeah um, but but no there's also just like a lot of things where like like there's also
0: a lot of like really small editing things like a a lot of times where it feels like something should be left to hang for like another second or two Mm -hmm. but it just immediately snap cuts away to the next scene it 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 feels a bit it feels a little strange
1: yeah i agree
0: so brandon yeah he has a seizure he goes he opens the window and he does Tom and baratheon (laughs) season seven game of thrones out the window Uh And mom is mom is downstairs. Mom Tori is downstairs painting. She hears the thud of him doing Tom out the window. Uh, but she chases him. She like runs after him and is like, "Oh fuck, Brandon! Are you outside? Are you hurt? Is everything okay?" She chases him into the barn and. Brandon is trying to open something that's locked shut in the barn. Uh, he's, like, snarling and growling about it. It's like, shake it, shake it, shake shake it. Like, because it's locked with, like a, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're... like, a chain and lock, the classic. Yeah,
1: there's this big, like, double door in the floor of the barn that is apparently a portal to the Mandy dimension. There's this red light spilling out of it and these fucked up <laughs> yeah. garbled voices coming from it and shit like that. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get it open, and then the mom comes out and... I don't know. She like t-
0: she touches him on the shoulder, and he's like really freaked out. He's like, "Mom, where where am I? What happened? What happened?" Yeah, a lot
1: of a lot of like, um, "Oh, baby, you must be you must be sleepwalking here." And um, I, I think this is think... this is this is one of the things that I, I I don't think you really cared about it as much as I did. But this is part of the. I mean, it really sounds like I'm doing cinema sense to this movie when I say this, but the the one thing that that bugged me about this film was that. This kid starts acting weird and the parents act like this is completely unprecedented and it's like you you found this kid in a pod from space like he came right. he came I... in a fucking UFO why is it so weird that he's acting like a freak i just i just don't i, I don't get why they're so surprised that there would be something weird about this kid you know
0: yeah, I, I rational like I, I, I kind of rationalized it away as being like, Well, I mean, they made it twelve years without anything man anything really strange manifesting. Like they talk about it a little bit later where the dad is like, This kid has never gotten a cut, he's never bled, nothing bad's ever happened to him. But at the same time it's like like how do you not feel like that how do you not like realize that this is how do you not like at least get the sensation that this is the chickens coming home to roost yeah. in some way, shape or form? I mean it's the implication And like I guess I guess, I guess, like, the movie wants us to blame it on, like, the protective mother nature of Tori and how she really, 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 really wants a baby. There's, like,
1: a very loosely implied but never capitalized upon piece of the storyline where Tori, the mom, and I guess by extension the dad think that this baby was, like, a gift from God or something because she's always, right. like, have you ever? she's always, like, oh, you were a miracle, you were sent from above and that kind of stuff. And it's, like, yeah, but he came down in this fucked up, like, evil Tetsuo down in a glowing space red... pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right! Like, you you
0: haven't seen The Odd Life of Timothy Green or whatever that fucking movie no, was called. No, no, right? I, I, I have no, I, yeah, no, no frame this. of reference for that. So, The Odd Life of Timothy Green was a late 2010s movie about a family who could not get pregnant and would not could not get an adoption for whatever reason so they one night they wrote like a bunch of they wrote like a they did like a you know a mat like a a fucking like you know just like a oh this is what we want our kid to do this kid should like be cool and good at music and score i want him to score the winning goal and like they put it in a box they put all those notes in a box and they bury it outside as like like you know just like the secret kind of thing and then something happens, and a, ki- a
1: child, age 10, sprouts fully formed from the ground. Aha! Uh-huh. I am adding this to my watch list. I am seeing that uh, of the various performers in this film, our good friend Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of them. What? Yeah, he- he's what? apparently in this movie, according to Letterboxd.
0: Hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, need to, I need to... He was... I need to... I need to... He was in Star Wars? What was he in Star Wars? Why was he in Star Wars? Oh, my Wars? God yeah okay oh my god yeah i remember this now fuck me yeah okay this movie was not late 2010s this movie was 2012 i I saw this movie in theaters oh, god, god bless yeah my parents took me to it because they thought it would be
1: <laughs> i don't know
0: they thought it would be my mom cried about it but like anything anything where the movie ends with like a child and her parents being separate with a child and the parent being separated is going to like make her ball like a baby no matter sure. what sure absolutely um i yeah um. Yes. Okay. So the mom is like, "Wow, this is just sleepwalking. Nothing bad's happening." And the dad is kind of suspect. The dad is very much less like immediate. The vet, the dad is very much quicker to turn on Brandon, the baby boy, for than the mom is. Uh-huh. And Kyle is like, "Hey, what what's going on?" Tori's it, like, "Oh, he was sleepwalking, but he was he was just downstairs. It's fine. It was nothing." Um. There's a, there's a very small thing that I like here, which is uh, his mom is singing uh, "Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right" to help to help Brandon calm down. I keep almost calling him Timothy because I'm just thinking about
1: the odd life of Timothy Green. That movie is fucking,
0: that movie is fucking ridiculous. Is he,
1: is he a plant person? Is that what it is? That's the vibe I'm getting from this poster. He's got a little sprout coming out of his sock. He was, he was grown. He like
0: was formed as a plant, but I, I think he's, like just a regular well he's a very precocious little boy who helps save the town and it's it's who who's helped save the town to uh per- and like the town is like the town is a you know a, a work town and it's uh what's the word I'm- not not a work town what's the word i'm looking for um, um i don't know like the more generic term of a mining town, but instead of a like, it's a fa- it's a factory town. Sure. And the factory is a pencil factory. <laughs>
1: ah, okay. So they really wanted is, Tim just, Burton just... to direct this one, but they got oh they, got it, they Peter so Hedges badly. Burned. Yeah, I see. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: there's a there's this the, the um the, the when they when one of the things they put in the box to make to manifest Timothy Green was I uh, uh we we want him to we want him to rock, and then they have him go to a piano recital later, and instead of like playing anything on the piano, he just starts like doing the. The fucking cowbell beat from uh, "Low Rider" by War.
1: <laughs> Great. Maybe we should. <laughs> and, and is, is this something we can sneak under the radar for fear baiting? Is it, can we make an argument for Timothy Green as a horror film on this podcast?
0: <laughs> I think we could. I think we could try. <laughs> bonus episode. Bonus episode. Not not part of the counted canon. No,
1: no, certainly not. Uh, where where are we in? Um, I almost said come true. Uh, where are we in Brightburn <laughs> no right mind. now? So the next thing that
0: happens is that we get Brandon and Kyle uh, doing some bonding. They're, like, making a door, doing some, you know, work around the the yard, and Kyle brings up this thing that feels like it's going to be, like, relevant in some capacity, but it, it I only just, I only, like, I completely forgot about it until right now when I just want to show up in my notes, which is that he's like, you know, I was a really, I did not know what the fuck I was doing with you because my parents were not really, like, great, did not raise me very well, so I was kind of working from scratch with you, but whenever you got fussy, I would do, I would give you one of these, and he hands him, like, a, one of, like, the blue, the, the vanilla-flavored Tootsie pot, the, the vanilla-flavored Tootsie Rolls, uh-huh. and then he's like, okay, I gotta go do some stuff, uh, you mow the lawn, and... Brandon goes to start the lawnmower and it just will not fucking start and he just like yanks it and pulls it and pulls it and eventually he gets really mad and he pulls it so hard that it does rev and start and he launches it across this is so good this is
1: the first point in this movie where I think I cackled out loud this is this is like a great starting point for this power stuff Where this lawnmower just launches like it's been thrown inside of source filmmaker and lands off in their acreage somewhere
0: Right, and uh, Brandon walks out to it because it's like he he revved the motor, and uh, I I'm doing very much cinema since here. Do not get me wrong. I, I you can get my ass for this, but. I have never seen a push lawnmower that was electric that did not have like a thing you need to hold down to keep the blade running to prevent it from doing this. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when maybe, maybe, maybe when maybe the lawnmower models, embedded though. in the ground, the little trigger got, you know, pushed <laughs> yeah, by a rock or it something. Yeah. got stuck. Yeah.
0: Sure. Sure. But Brandon walks out to it and is just like, he wants to, I guess, measure his abilities, so he sticks his hand in the lawnmower blade, and it just completely grinds to a halt. His hand completely unharmed.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he just he sticks just like, that shit in there he, and he it, it it fucks it, it up. Yeah. Um, so so, how do you feel about this movie being a metaphor for like being a very angry, uh, pubescent teen? Do you think it Do you think it works in that way? Because this is around where no. I started to realize, oh this is just going to be puberty, but he's going to be fucked up and evil, right? Do you... I don't think so. I feel like it's a little bit too, like... What's the word?
0: Not Inconsistent isn't the word. Like, it doesn't feel clear enough on that front to really get... I, I No, that's not what I mean either. I get what it's going for. I just don't think it does a very good job yeah, of it. Yeah,
1: like, it's very... I, I think it's very clear that that is sort of the only through line that this movie has. Yeah. It's, you know... He's oh, a sweet little guy, and then something happens, and he starts being evil and fucked up. And there's that really odd bit where him and his dad talk about jerking off, and then you know he he does <laughs> that all, he, scene is genuinely hilarious. Yeah, he does all this shit, and at the end, it's like oh, you know, like the kid grows up and he kind of betrays his parents, and you you he's like his own person. But I don't know how much of that is intentional and how much of it is incidental to being a story definitely... about a fucked up Superman, right?
0: it's definitely on purpose there's like a scene where they're like like uh they're talking about like 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 after the next well, well there's a scene right after the next scene there yeah let's get through the next scene and then we can talk about this a little bit more because the next scene is they go to a diner uh, where <laughs> we get this exterior shop where there is like no parking this lot is so and... funny
1: this diner cracks me up every time we see it in this movie um <laughs> The name of the diner, which I thought I wrote down, it's like, it's like Dilbo's or something like that? Darbo's. Darbo's, yeah, Nighthawks (laughs) at the Darbo's, because the thing about this diner is, number one with this diner, is that it never, there is no visible parking lot to this diner. It is, it is sitting on what appears to just be a, a, a two-lane, like, really wide road with no cars, no people, nothing out front, and it just... It, it, it Number two, it just appears in, like, this pocket dimension. It's in its own self-contained black void every time we cut to this right. diner, right? There's no indication that y- you can't see through the windows, you don't see anybody parked out front, there's no benches, no street lamps, no nothing. It's just, it's just, like... It's so funny, because later on, and we'll get to this, there's a shot where where one of the chefs walks out of the diner, and he just goes through the door, and we see him, like, trudge across the frame, through this road, just into the black void at the edge of this shot, with no <laughs> indication of, like, where he is going, where his car is, if he's walking back, I don't know, it's such a strange, it's such, It's it's so... It's so bizarre, and it's a lot like one of those things where there's ten chickens. Where I've just been kind of thinking about it nonstop since we watched this movie. Right,
0: the, the diner, the di- like, this is the diner at the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah. From, from totally, guide. totally, yeah. <laughs> and also, the the diner at the center of the universe from the diner at the center of the universe, Douglas Adams book. God. I fucking I read all of those books. I, I remember when I used to be able to fucking read books, and now I'm like I can't fucking read a damn. Yeah, thing. I am.
1: Um, oh, I keep I keep bumping my headphones into the side of my mic when I turn. Um, I used to love those books. I actually have on my shelf here. Um. This this thing is like falling apart. I I've read through it so much.
0: Oh, is it is it, like, is it like the black book with the gold? Leaf yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had I had that too. I had that exactly. I like that, um
1: yeah. I used to read through this entire series at least once a year of when I was in high school and early college and. They, they don't make this edition of the book anymore, I think I got it from like Barnes and Noble or something, but I've read through this so much that the gold leaf is all fucked up, like the bookmark is mm-hmm. gone. I think the pages are like almost kind of falling out of it, but um I used to I used to fucking love these books, maybe um what uh,
0: i only I only ever read through them once myself, but I think the thing that I think about the most is the um the guy who is immortal and has made it his uh life's goal to deliver a personal insult to every single being that has ever yeah, lived yeah. And the one that sticks, the one that sticks in my craw is like the guy who dies at a cricket, who's like laying dying at a cricket game, and the guy just shows up in his spaceship and is like, "You are, you are a piece of shit. I hate you. Goodbye." Yeah,
1: I am. Um, gosh, they, they they were really influential to my sense of humor, but it's been so long, and now that I've yeah. got this in my hand, I kind of want to read them again. So. Maybe uh, maybe next time I'm on the podcast I'll report back with the with the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, book report and we can talk about that. Yeah. But why don't we talk about Brandon using Brightburn. using the Dune evil voice in this scene uh, before we do that? Yeah, because so they're they're have they're at the Arca-
0: they're at the they're at the Nighthawks diner that's in the the <laughs> the diner at the center of the universe and they they we got we got you know Kyle and Tori and then uh i think it's i think it's Tori's sister and her husband yes i think that's the relation yeah. tory's sister merrily and her husband mark or something i don't remember his name cause in my notes he's, he's just, just badger, badger. It, he's played by brad he's badger from breaking bad he's
1: played by uh what's his name matt's matt, like, matt stone or, no matt stone is the guy matt stone from, yeah. matt stone's the guy from south park isn't
0: he oh yeah that is that is the guy i'm also thinking matt smith
1: and that's that's the, the doctor, doctor who, who guy let me let me yeah. let me hold on hold on <clears throat> Yeah, because, because, uh, he, because he came uh, Brandon, up and we Brandon, were like, oh, this guy looks so familiar. Matt Jones. Matt, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Yeah,
0: Matt Jones. Yeah. Um, so Badger Breaking Bad gives Brandon a gun for his birthday. He gives him a Red Rider with the stock and the, you know, the Red Rider bolt action with the stock and the compass thingy and all that stuff from Christmas Story. And Dad said, "And da- Dad Kyle says, uh-uh, no guns. We agree to this. What the fuck are you doing? For- what the fuck are you doing, Badger? Yeah. And Brandon really wants the gun. Yeah, this is... He wants it so bad. This is like
1: me when my parents forbid me from playing shooter games, even though my dad showed me Doom a Doom, when I was, like, uh, you know, seven years old. And so I would just sneak over to our neighbor's house to play the first Halo. <laughs> But um, he's like, no, you can't have the gun. You can't have the gun. And Brandon's like, give it to me. And you hear, you hear like everything in the diner rattle and all that kind of shit. Right.
0: He like bangs the table and like releases an EMP that shuts down all the arcade cabinets in the background. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I wanna, I wanna know what the limits of Brandon's powers are because in this film. It mostly just seems like he's he's just Superman, right? He can fly, he has yeah. super strength, and he has laser eyes. But every now and then, he does something like this, or like releases a burst of like energy or something. Where you're like, okay, yeah, because he with like he, he he
0: like makes that he makes that light he makes that like fluorescent bulb overheat and explode. Like he does a lot of stuff with light with energy and light and stuff, which I don't really understand. But it's yeah, fine.
1: we'll just have to wait for the sequel, Brightburn two, where they uh, dive further into oh, that. God, I can't wait.
0: Yeah. So Brandon throws a little tantrum, and Dad is and Dad Kyle's like, "All right, we're going home. Come on, Brandon, let's go." Uh, sorry, everyone, we're not having food tonight. Uh, bye. Um, they get back to their house, and this is the scene I was talking about a couple minutes ago, where Dad is like, "Man, what? I don't know what happened." He turns twelve, and all of a sudden, he's got that mouth on him. What? What's going on? And it's like, yeah, this is very clearly an entire thing about um, like uh, the terrible teens. Yes,
1: yeah, totally, totally the the, tri- the trials and tribulations of parenthood who are we supposed to empathize with in this movie are we supposed to empathize I with really the parents or are we just know. supposed to say wow cool sicko kid and like watch him blow people up because i wasn't i guess
0: i i guess there's there's supposed to be some sympathy for the parents i i have to wonder if the director of this is like is a parent themselves uh-huh. because like it feels like they are play it feels like the way that they are or like the script writer or something like it feels like they are specifically aiming for like a the the feel, like the overwhelming feeling of of all else of loving your child uh in the face of everything and it's it just feels really it just feels like a really weird thing to be doing when the rest of this movie is when all like the murder homicide in this movie
1: is so cartoonishly it's every gory. kill in this movie is laugh out loud hilarious like we'll get to it but. I really didn't know they're
0: they're, re- they're really they're, the the effects look great like I love the I love the gore and the goop and all the the bodies and stuff totally it looks, it looks tremendous this was this was a but... movie
1: I wasn't really sure where I stood with because I was like okay I don't really know but then as soon as people started dying I was like oh this is this is good this
0: is this, great. this is a, this is a three burger for sure at yeah, least yeah totally. So mom and dad are sitting on the couch and they're like, "Well, maybe we should go camping. That would probably help lighten some lighten some tension." Dad's like, "Yeah, let's go camping. Also, let's let's do let's have let's have sex." There's a, there's like a line in here where they talk about like the stuff that they did when they were twelve, which is just, insane. Just the, just the idea unhinged. the idea of the idea of middle school like high school sweethearts is already like really to me, but like middle school sweethearts they literally say
1: they were twelve years old and like sneaking out to fool around, and that is like the wildest thing i've ever heard i i i mean i i i just don't know i'm not i'm not going to get into it but it it just feels like very uh, it it you couldn't just like make him like 13 at least like 13 or 14 you know just just like 12
0: is such 12 is such a weird age to be fucking yeah, around yeah it's like so that.
1: i i don't know i i don't know this this, this but, is like um She's like, oh, you know, there's something we haven't done in a long time. She's like, oh, is it going to church? <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, we haven't gone to church in so yeah, long. Yeah, there is, there is like a religious undercurrent to this movie, but it, it's never. Um, oh well, uh, Craig just, Craig just bounced. <laughs> he didn't like us talking about it. <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know. There there's like a religious <laughs> undercurrent to this movie that I feel like could have been fleshed out a lot more, but it just it, it's like always there right under the surface. And I feel like the idea of a movie where there is a kid, uh there is a kid that comes from space and they think it's like a gift from God and he's like, you know, a fucked up kind of evil evil little bastard. I don't know. There there there's a movie there, but this this one never really dives into it right, as much like, as it sort of I, I implies think... that there's that idea here you know
0: yeah like and the thing is that like the other the two major evil kid movies that i think of like carrie is also one of them like, carrie like skews older carrie's like 16
1: yeah and carrie like, 16, carrie 17. is like an evil kid movie but i that movie is more of like a tragedy to me you know it, it, i mean yeah it, it's a, it's, an it's an a horror kid film movie. but she is not being an evil kid due to like extant you know possession or like forces or things like that she's just like pushed into it by by you know by right. the society but yeah yeah no i i get what you're saying but um so
0: like the thing is the the two the, the big two are the omen and the exorcist and those are like steeped like from head to toe like by nature of everything about them they are steeped in religion yeah. and i think that like because those two movies are such a blueprint for evil child it's really hard to extricate the idea of Evil Child without, I think, getting like it's hard to, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to separate the peanut butter from the Reese's, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, without getting a bit of chocolate in yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: think this movie still works without diving into that stuff. Yeah. But I do think it would have been an interesting direction for this to like fully flesh out in that way, you know? Uh huh.
0: Um,. So, when they're getting ready to go for the camping trip, mom finds some porn under his bed, which is, like, it's just, like, the Sears bra catalog, which is also the same shit. So, okay. I guess I'm going to have it now because of because of fucking Noma with the amount that I revealed on that. I guess I'm going to talk about some shit. I did, ha- I did keep, like, a Sears bra catalog in between my mattress at, like, the ages of, like, 13 to 14. Uh-huh. But what I also did was I would, like, I would print out, like, like, Eighty pages of like gender transformation stories and hide them under my bed to like read through manually from like from webs from the websites that I frequented and just like that would also that would be like sitting right next to the 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 sears bra catalog god bless
1: I would say that's significantly less <laughs> fucked up than what happens in this film where. They're flipping through the broad catalog only to find that this kid also has pictures of like open heart surgeries and like gore and anatomical diagrams with all this shit. Yeah. This goes nowhere.
0: This is like not. This is like. This is completely out of nowhere and also like never comes up in any. I mean, I, I don't
1: mean to be gross, but it does come up because at the end we find the body that he's scrolled away and he's like. Cut her completely open, right? Like all of her organs. Okay, yeah, are yeah, you and know all that you're shit. right. That, it does come up. Yeah. yeah, I
0: did not. Yeah, I did not draw those. Did not draw the, connect the dots there. You're right. Yeah. You're right.
1: It's. I, I feel like it's just in here to be kind of edgy, you know? Because this movie is edgy, but it's not like edgy, edgy. Like it's not as there's, edgy there's, as I'd expected it to be. But this in particular is just like a shock moment, right? There's a
0: fun line here where is like, uh, "Is this like is this guy stuff?" And Kyle's just like, "No, no guy stuff I've ever
2: seen."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just just do just dude shit, you know, cranking it to intestines.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a this is a this is a metaphor about how, you know, kids in small town fall into like shock images on the internet and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no, honey, Brandon's on live
1: <laughs> Brandon's posting on B again. We have to turn off the internet.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, I bet there's, de- I bet there's definitely like when 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 Brandon goes absolutely apeshit sicko at the very end. I I bet that there's something that some footage that went up on live leak off. Of oh what totally, he did. yeah.
1: There are definitely there are definitely uh, you know people out there on the internet being like, oh, <laughs> this guy's so cool. I mean, we we get that a little bit, don't we? With um, I mean, we we see uh, we'll, we'll get into this later, but there's like a bit of the internet reaction to his presence, and it's just an Alex Jones parody, but um, you know, it's pretty all right.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. The So they go camping and Brandon and Kyle are off doing some hunting and he gives him the talk about, you know, being a boy and like and I, I guess to <laughs> he doesn't do a very good job of it, but also I will say as like my dad kind of had to play it by ear with me because his dad was not really around all that uh-huh. much. And so this was very reminiscent of the kinds of talks that my dad would have with me about this stuff.
1: Sure, sure, totally.
0: Like, (laughs) he did not tell me explicitly it's okay to play with it sometimes. Yeah, I didn't get that. I certainly
1: did not get that. Uh, This this scene is, like, where this kid flips from being kind of a weird troubled child to being a complete sociopath where, like, his dad is talking to him and he's like, you know, oh, it's okay to touch it sometimes. And the kid's like, oh, right now? like right and now I'm just like where did this come from <laughs> like like he's not it, it's just like a switch flips inside of him and he becomes a, a different character and I don't like even if you were turning into a fucked up evil superman dude why why would you suddenly think it's appropriate to to whip out your dick like that you know is he just so sheltered that he has no conception of sex and masturbation or is he just like right Is it just supposed to be fucked up and twisted? I think it's just supposed to be fucked up and twisted, right? I just, I just get, I I really just cannot
0: get a, like, I don't even read this as fucked up and twisted. Like, I just cannot fathom what, like, I guess if I have to find anything, fucked up and twisted is the answer I get because it's the closest, but like, it's barely that. I just cannot grab onto anything as to what this scene is doing. It did make me laugh, I have to admit, when the kid's like, like... Now? Yeah, there, there's there's some can pretty good there's some pretty
1: good comedic timing in this scene. <laughs> the yeah.
0: kids the kids I, I really I really like the kid in this movie. I I um what's his name? Let me let me grab that real quick. The uh I gotta give gotta give shouts out to uh to uh, uh, Jackson A. Dunn, I believe his name right. is. Hell yeah. Shouts out shouts out Jackson Dunn. Oh shit, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Uh huh. <laughs> uh he also appeared in Avengers Endgame as Scott Lang, twelve years old, which is I think Ant-Man. that's that's uh Yeah, that's Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. Um, Born in San Diego in 2003, Jackson's debut into acting was at the age of four when he played the Grinch in his preschool
1: play. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Get it, King. God bless. Ginch kid. That's so funny. Yeah the so they do the
0: jerk off and they do the jerk off talk and there's this is one of those like really weird cuts that like like it's only like an extra second or two that i feel like should have been there but it really feels like a lot because they pull out to like a wider shot of like brand of like the dad getting ready to shoot his gun at something and brandon just like sitting there and then like it just immediately cuts to like later that night and it just it felt like it really needed a second or two to hold again the editing is just so strange
1: Yeah. yeah totally
0: but so mom wakes up in the night and is like, oh shit, where's, 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 where's my son? Where's my beautiful baby boy? And Brandon's not there, but we go, we cut to the, the house of the girl who was nice to him at school, whose name we later learn is Caitlin, Caitlin. And she's, she's, she's sleeping and she, uh, but she wakes up because her Spotify, well, her not Spotify, I wish we'd gotten like a closer look at the, at the interface the, of the music. Yeah, thing they keep, they keep
1: it just in the background enough that it's kind of blurry. So you can't see if they're using like actual Spotify or like a fake Spotify, you know? Uh, I would have liked to see more of that. So she yeah, she closes her laptop, but then it opens up while she's turned around. And then she closes it again
0: and puts some books on it. And then she looks out the window and there's like a fucked up guy. It's Brandon hiding behind the curtains. And then her mom comes in and turns the lights on and there's nobody there anymore because Brandon left. He's back at camp. It's fine. He's he's drawing the cool S, the cool B, and it's just it's just the Bloodborne logo. It's just like an AKA the Berserk uh, sigil, uh-huh. the um, the what the fuck. I is that
1: was thinking called? about the, It's the Mark of Sacrifice, right? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mark it, of Sacrifice. It's like it's like two yeah. two angular Bs back to back, and it, it is just straight mm. up like that symbol, but just without the connected, uh, without the open space at the top, right? The the Brandon of Sacrifice. The brand, the, the Brandon of Sacrifice. It all ties together. (laughs) Damn. It's it's, it's Brandborn. Brandborn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Fuck it. Why not? So. Brightborn. Bloodburn. I. Take your pick. It took me so long to figure out what Brightburn referred to in this movie because they never. I don't think they ever really establish it. And finally, I just had to piece it together because the school is called Brightburn and we see Brightburn on one of the police badges that this the town is named Brightburn but I don't
0: Right, the town is just called Brightburn. It's Brightburn. Yeah, Kansas. if they ever
1: established that then I completely missed it.
0: I I if they did I also missed yeah. this. Um so it's it's late at night at the at the back at the farm. They're back from camping. Everything went everything went great. They had a Everything went great. They had a super fun time camping. But they get back and the chickens are all freaking out they're like balking very loudly and they're like oh fuck is uh, and uh uh K- Kyle like grabs the gun that uh he, that Bra- that badger tried to give Brandon for his birthday and walks over to the coop because he thinks it's a wolf or something but then he gets there and it's just Brandon standing there staring at all the chickens mm. He goes back and he goes back inside, but then like later that night, mom and dad find a bunch of dead chickens in the in the in yeah. The shed. That's their
1: livelihood. All ten of those chickens, they uh, they must get <laughs> like you know twelve eggs a day or some shit like that. I, I right. like that's that's it. Like that's the whole farm. The entirety of farming that we see in this film are these ten chickens, which are immediately just torn in half straight down the middle. Um, they they come back and. I think uh, the dad's like, oh, you know, oh, or, or the mom's like, oh, the wolf must be back. And the dad's like, I don't think the wolf did this. Uh, whatever this is, open the door, you know, and, and like rip these things. And doesn't he say that he thinks it's Brandon at this point? Like, he's like, he's like, he, he says it's Brandon because of the way that the
0: chickens were freaking out early. And he's like, a wolf could not break down this door, like bust open these hinges and do this to these chickens. And the mo- and Tori, the mom, is like. Uh, but our son. Yes, can. yes, he can. It's, he's it's from like,
1: space. He's, he came from space.
0: <laughs> I guess this movie. This movie just exists in a world where, where superheroes aren't. Where like Superman and stuff does not exist. Which I mean, I guess that's fine. If Superman existed in this, in if Superman existed, like if the comic book of Superman existed in the world of Brightburn, that would be, that would be. Yeah, fucked up. It,
1: one of those things that really turns your brain inside out. I think. Uh so yeah. so he he fucks up these chickens. And I think the, um, the next thing I have in my notes is just eye lasers where he shoots his eye lasers for the first time, but I think there may be something in between that, right?
0: Well, what we get next is, my next note is about the trust fall circle that they do at school, where it's just a bunch of kids standing in a circle, like, you know, you know, it's like a trust fall, but it's in a circle, just people pushing, people like catching and then pushing you to the next person who catches then pushes you, um the the girl Caitlin whose house he went to last night, uh, she like lets him fall and then refuses to help pick him up and calls him a yeah. pervert. <laughs> it's kind and of funny. The, 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 t- <laughs> the teacher is like, "You pick him up, or you fail this class." And she doesn't want to fail, so she reaches out her hand and grabs it. And he like he like crushes it and then breaks it at the yeah. wrist. Like also. just
1: liquefies her hand, just just completely yeah. turns it to mush.
0: And again, no reaction, no real reaction from the mom, from the mom here. Like, the girl's mom, Erica, who was also a waitress at the diner, which, um... Actually, before I get into the, before I get into this, there was one thing I want to talk about, about there's one thing that I wanted to say about this movie that I really like, which is that it genuinely feels like a small town. Like, I think the fact that like, you know, one of the kids' moms is also like someone that they know by name and also like works at the local diner and like brought them their food a couple of scenes uh-huh. ago. I just think it like really makes it work as it, it really does feel like a small yeah, town. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like the way they interconnect these characters is very well accomplished in that way where it's such a yeah. small cast but at least in terms of the narrative connections they handle it very well
0: very much so uh, The Erica the mom wants her, wants that kid fucking arrested yeah. <laughs> which is just really really. she funny. wants that twink
1: obliterated certainly <laughs> yeah
0: Mr. Sher- send the- Mr. Electric, send this child to the electric chair immediately. Yeah, she, she
1: wants this kid dead. It's fucked up. It, it is like, yeah. um, and the mom gets in a really good line here where she says, like, yeah, if, if roasting a 12-year-old is how you get your sleep at night, then go off, I guess.
0: Yeah, get <laughs> yeah, her ass. Yeah, totally. What's, what's the next scene? L um, plus ratio plus so- I'm going
1: to melt your head with my laser eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so this next scene, Tori confesses to Kyle that uh the night that he was sleepwalking was not actually he was not actually downstairs, he was in the barn instead. Uh-huh. And they're like, uh, uh, uh that's that's fucked up. Something in the shed he was looking in the shed and then we cut to that night, and something in the shed is like talking to Brandon, and it's telling him it tell it's just like repeating some words in an alien language, and it turns out that the words that it's repeating are take the world. Yeah. Which is a like that just seems like a weird thing to I don't know it just seems like a weird sentence construction.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's speaking an alien language, I guess. You 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 do your best with syntax and such. Yeah, yeah, translation. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: you, trans, translation will never transliteration
1: will never be translation. Yeah, and so this is where this movie gets good. I'll say this is where it picks yeah. up. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, I I. Brandon's like, we get we mom like is looking for Brandon again and she finds him like having opened the 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 man the the portal to the Mandy dimension he is like floating above it like just hovering and she walks up to him he like falls down and like cuts his hand on the spaceship that he landed on that he came to earth on and uh we like we this is an important thing because we see him like bleed it can hurt him and mom comes clean it's like listen honey you fell to earth when you were you you i did not you were not adopted we found you in a in this space shuttle you fell to earth and brandon freaks the fuck out this is the scene where we get that weird cut you were talking about earlier where he's like throwing a bit of a tantrum in the be- in the barn and then it like completely like just really like um really uh abruptly I suddenly yeah yes thank you yes abruptly god i can't fucking talk really abruptly cuts to the inside of the house where he's just, like, scooping, like, framed family photographs off the shelves and, like, throwing them in at the wall and is like, I'm so angry! And then he walks outside and he says, take the world! And goes Super Saiyan. Yeah. Um, he shows up in Caitlin's room and is like, um, I brought you some flowers. And Caitlyn's like, you can't be here. My mom says so. And Brandon says, I'm gonna take care of that. And <laughs>
1: vanishes. A
0: word? Oh, word? Real yeah, shit? Yeah. Uh, I think... Um is this the, is this the Caitlyn Caitlin shows up in this movie? Uh,
1: it might be yeah, I think it is but um it's so weird that she doesn't show up yeah, again. he fires off the eye lasers goes to talk to her and then we get that that incredible shot I was talking about earlier where it's the establishing shot of the diner out in the black void and this guy and the chef out yeah. <laughs> just like walks to the edge of frame without any like aim or direction or indication that he's going to his car um,
0: yeah. And and Erica Caitlin's mom is like this this poor under this poor woman they, she's so understaffed she is like like the tables have not been cleared whatsoever and she's the only person left doing it like she doesn't have a dishwasher she doesn't have anyone else she is solo closing this entire restaurant I feel so bad yeah. for her for this and other reasons but sc- scary things start happening when she starts closing the drawer for the night and uh well she she like she starts closing the drawer and then notices that all the windows have fogged up and been coated in Brandon's the in the Brandon of Sacrifice. Oh. Um, she's like walking around, she like looks up at a fluorescent light bulb that's acting weird and she uh it explodes and lands a shard of glass in her eye and this this is this was upsetting to this, watch. The, yeah like, yeah this is like
1: some this is like some Fulci eye trauma right here where yeah the, the glass blows up and we get this extended shot of her with this shard of glass like in her eyeball and then she like has to reach in and pull it out. And um Yeah. There's there's a very like I got to say blood on the floor after she does it. Sorry, do what?
0: Oh, just like there's like a big splurt of yeah, blood yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say this out. is
1: this is a very bold thing that they do here, which I think is actually kind of cool. Um there like like you see her eye and it's like leaking blood everywhere. Um and she is like looking around the restaurant and half of the frame is covered in like red and half of the frame yeah film, half of the yeah. frame is normal which i think is kind of fun it's really cool yeah,
0: yeah it's a really i i love that shit um in in this in season 2 of rezero there's a scene like that there's like an episode that's like that also and i love mm-hmm. that shit um i you know i fucking it's good i think it's really cool Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool decisions in this. I don't think there's like a really, this movie is not exactly cogent, I don't think, from start to finish, but there's a lot of really cool things in it. Yeah, I I think
1: think if they, I think if they made like a sequel to this and were like 30% more indulgent and 20% more competent, it would blow people out of the theater. It would be, it would be like really, really fun. Right.
0: Right. Um, so... Yeah. Brandon Brandon is there. He's like wearing he's got the cape, he's got the suit, and uh, he he he's got his silly little super suit on. And she locks herself Erica locks herself in the walk in fridge, but Brandon just lays her eyes the door open. And there's this really, really funny scene that like this really funny shot of like him standing really far away from Erica as the lights are flickering, and then like the lights flicker and he's like launched himself at her, and then it hard cuts to black. And it's just it's just me when I even I get fucking you. get
1: you. There's a couple <laughs> scenes like that in this movie. I right? really one thing right? I want to point out in this, and this is a really fun touch that doesn't make much sense but i do like it when he is sitting here in the hallway about to attack her you see his cape flapping in the wind despite them being indoors yeah, yeah. and I, and i like that but i want to know if that's part of his powers right does he have sort of a Could, does he have an aura Yeah does wind? he have like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure power for presentation where just the sheer force of his dramatic aura will make his cape flap in the wind or is there a draft right. you know? is there is there air conditioning coming through I think I think
0: if you're just like I think if you're just like I think if you're dripping as hard as he is, like it just happens automatically. Yeah, totally, totally. But he
1: fucking gets her, but- and uh, I really like afterwards in these scenes where the parents are trying to figure out what's happening. How shitty and unrepentant he is about all of this stuff, right? Yeah, and we- but so, so
0: what? What happens is that the next day, Brandon comes downstairs and is like, "Hey, I've been doing some thinking about uh about the adoption, and I'm sorry about the tantrum I threw last night. I like it actually." And they're like, "Well, you're going to be a little bit late for school, but you know what? Let's get you some nice breakfast. Last night was tough. Uh, and ten minutes late never killed anybody, huh?" And there's an instant cut to the cops, at the diner, uh, investigating the missing, the missing, uh, the missing Erica.
1: Yeah, they, they can um, they there's cannot also find ultra... <laughs> her body is the thing, right? Like she's gone, but they yeah. have no idea what happened. Right.
0: I also wanted to note that the um the subtitles that we ha- the subtitle track that we had for this movie was not very good, but the the most fun uh, mistake that they made was every time someone said hey, it got written as yeah. eh. Like the like the fucking shopkeeper in Sonic 06. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> um they they so Brandon has to go to counseling
1: at school because of I don't know why. Just because he's like, fucked up why, and troubled, and I don't know. They, I think his dad. Like she, worried she about him something, about, or something.
0: Yeah, she says something about having to report the the counselor who is Merrily, his aunt, uh, Tory's sister, is um like I have to report my findings to the sheriff tomorrow. And oh yeah, because it's like because he beat up the because he like crushed yeah. that girl's hand. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. right, right. And she, he says that he knows. <laughs> she, she's talking to him a bit, can, kind of candidly about the fact that he's like not from here, and he's, he's very much like, "Well, I, you know, I think I know that I'm something superior." And he says, "Sometimes when bad things happen to people, it's for a good reason." Yeah, this is
1: where he's completely unrepentant, and this is where I started to like this kid. Like this movie, right? This movie just goes all in on making him an asshole, and I think, it, I think it's kind of fun.
0: Nothing redeeming about this child. It's very yeah. Fun. What if
1: the kid had fucked up vibes or whatever? Like everyone roasts dads for not being involved with their children, but what if the kid was had bad vibes? The kid or had was bad vibes, yeah. to be around. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: We go to later that night, and Kyle is playing pool with his buddies and having a couple of beers at the bar. And this is when we first. This is when we learn his name for the first fucking yep. time. Literally halfway yep. through the movie, yep. and. They are talking about how Erica is missing, and, and and Kyle's like, "Damn, maybe my son is a fucking monster." That's that'd be fucked up. He says goodbye to Badger, who like drives home after he's like, "Oh, you want me to drive, bud? It's you, you had a couple drinks." He's like, "Dude, I'm fine." And he drives home. He 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 for it does turn out he was fine. He did drive yeah, perfectly fine. Yeah. We cut to uh, Marilee's house, who's doing some laundry. She gets like a motion alert from her backyard, which turns out to be Brandon. Who is uh who like nakedly threatens her about talking to the sheriff about things. He's like, that would be very bad for all of us, especially you if you talk to the sheriff. And like he's like she's like, well, I can't really do anything about it. so bye and <laughs> this is a really funny scene of like him just standing at the door not leaving and she's like just like peeking through the crack in the door and just like, well like I guess I guess I'll close it. guess I'll guess I'll guess I'll yeah. close it. Um, she has another motion alert outside, like, goes outside to check on it, at which point, um, Brandon sneaks into the house, and he's sneaking up on his- he's sneaking up on her, and he's about to kill her while she lays down in bed. Badger gets home, and Brandon is, like, hiding from him, doing a bunch of, like, fucking- goofy ass hiding like he's there's a scene of badger brushing his teeth in the bathroom and brandon is doing the reverse cabedon on the wall like spider-manning up the top at the top of the shower uh-huh. stall which is very yeah, funny shot. and brad badger like catches him before anything can happen he's like bro you are being so fucking weird why are you in my house get out i'm driving you home and brandon doesn't like this and just fucking blasts him into the door of his garage uh-huh.
1: Uh, then, then he tries, he tries, um, how how does this roll out? He tries driving away. Uh,
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he's like trying to drive to, uh, to Kyle and Tori's house to be like, Hey, your son is being fucking weird. I don't know where he is. I hope he made it back home, but Brandon like breaks his car and it starts like. Breaking down, and the lights like flickering. And Brandon's just standing there in the middle of the road in front of it, f- floating there in the middle of the road. And it's like, and Brand- Badger's like, Nope, no, uh, get in the car, let's go. This, this isn't happening. Come on, get in the car. At that um, point, I would not Brandon let him picked- get
1: back in the car. Like, as soon as he threw me against no. the garage wall, I'm like, All right, kid, you're on your own. I'm not fucking with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon picks
0: up the car and dro- and like by the b- by the back by the rear bumper and like dangles it so that the thing is like directly perpendicular to the to the ground and just drops Badger and Badger's face hits the steering wheel and fucking explodes. Yeah, this is
1: really fucked up and gross. He um he's like in the wreckage of this car and we see his face and his entire bottom jaw is just hanging off. Like um
0: yeah, he- it's so yeah, it's gross. pretty nasty
1: and um you know uh...
0: Brandon like reaches a finger in and, and like gra- gets some of his blood and uses it to draw the the brandon of the brandon of sacrifice mm-hmm. on the ground as like a calling card and a, a badger like survives briefly but then bleeds out and dies
2: mm-hmm.
0: um Brandon walks in at home shirtless and lies through his teeth and says oh i was playing soccer and i was getting bullied and no i will not give you my clothes to launder i will do the laundry myself and Kyle's de- and Kyle is like, he's fucking lying. He's lying through his teeth. Something bad is happening here, and Mom is just continuing to refuse to believe uh-huh. any of it. Kyle, this is the... <laughs> Do you want to take the dream sequence? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. This part's great. So this is where I, this is where my notes kind of thinned out because the movie got a lot more engaging to watch. So um, uh-huh. he he he. Uh, s- s- shit happens. The dad goes to bed eventually, and he wakes up, and there is a huge open space in the side of his room. Right there is a big open area where there's these trees coming through, as if part of the wall's been taken out, and it's just a path into a forest. And so. He gets up out of bed, he walks into the forest, goes through a clearing, there's all these trees, and in the middle of this clearing, he sees the pod that Brandon came down from space in, and it is, um, this really, like, rough metal construction, there's all these bits popping off of it, there's little red lights that kind of pulse on it, and next to it is is Tori, she's standing there, and he he walks up, you know, it's building suspense, and Tori turns around, and she's like, Oh, look, 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 it came from the sky, oh, all of our prayers are answered. And as she turns around, you see that there's this little baby uh, wrapped up in, like, red fabric, right? Like a quilt or something. And, um... Right, and she, like, starts bleeding yeah, from yeah, the she, eyes, Yeah, she, she gets that, like, like, Silent Hill, like, like, death kind of thing, uh, the Lisa Garland where all the blood comes out of her face. And she turns around and... What, what's his name? Kyle? Kyle, um... Looks down at what she's holding, and you see inside of this swaddled mass, uh, hooded and shadowed, the bottom of a baby's face, which looks red in the light. And as he's looking at it very slowly, these two tiny red glowing eyes open in the shadow of this baby's face, and then the baby fucking gets him. <laughs> like in like a split second, you get you get this baby face, and the baby just launches out of his arms and attacks his throat, and then he wakes up. Right, uh, this shot. Of the baby's eyes being opened is one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Not to mention the part where he jumps out of the arms and attacks him. It's so good. It, it is. I, I mean, it's it's maybe my favorite moment of this whole movie. But um, yeah. I I I just I just the the image the image the image of the baby's face. We got to put that out on the Twitter or something so people can see. Yeah, that.
0: Ab- absolutely. I I you know I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that right now. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me just take a quick <laughs> looking at the image it's again. It's so funny.
1: It's so funny. It's like the uh, image of Jon Snow from the Game of Thrones where he looks like he's a 40-year-old baby. Yes! Yeah, yes! it has the same vibes. So... After the baby fucking gets him in the
2: dream,
0: we get to the next day, and uh, Mary we get to the um, Mary Lee is at the hospital and sobbing because her husband Badger is dead, and she's like, "Did, did he drive drunk?" And they, they turn to Kyle, and he's like, well, "That I mean, he had like a be- he had a couple of beers, but like not, he was not, he like uses a really weird word to mean Schlitz here, like he wasn't like he wasn't ripped yeah, or he- something, which is not a term I've heard for." Drunk, but like, I mean, con, you know, you can use pretty much any word in that context, and it would, I would be like, Oh, yeah, you yeah, mean drunk. Yeah,
2: totally.
0: And they tell that they, they go home and they tell Brandon that Badger died, and he's like, I feel like you want me to cry about this. That's very emotionally manipulative, and I'm penning a call out post immediately. <laughs> but like, seriously, the way that he just says, I feel like you want me to cry about this is so fucking it's funny. Very good. Like, I cackled. Yeah, it's
1: very good. He's he's such a little shit, and I, I think it's yeah, great. They're, uh Kyle is
0: extremely suspect that he did something and they they uh they they get into a bit of a tussle yeah. and Brandon shoves Kyle through a wall and like just just knocks him into it and Kyle's like I need to find this fucking shirt and show you something and he finds he finds the shirt and like Brandon hops out of the shower and is like hey Kyle hey dad what are you doing in my room and Kyle, like, hides the shirt and is like, listen, I'm sorry about before, uh, I'm just very agitated about my, my, my best, my, my, my friend, my buddy, my, my brother-in-law, he was my friend, I was just really upset, and Brandon's like, oh, cool, uh, (laughs) so, Brandon sh- or Kyle shows the the shirt to the bloody shirt to Tori and she's like, "Well, that could be from a- that could be anyone's blood. You on the other hand, you let your bestie you let your best friend drive drunk and now you're blaming our son for it? I will never abandon our son. I will
1: never I will never abandon my perfectly normal baby boy who has not been doing my evil li- evil things. He's never done anything wrong. He's perfect. He's just a little guy. I mean, he is a little guy. And he he is he a undeniably, a little guy for oh, sure. Yeah. Um. Did we talk about the sugar rice pops mascot? Did we want to address that on the podcast? Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because
0: that's <laughs> the scene. So the bo- There's a there's there's a generic cereal box. And like, speaking of Breaking Bad, there's something that I think about a lot that I think Vince Gilligan talked about in like season three or four uh, around that, like in an interview around season three or four, where he talks about how like, uh, um, have you seen Breaking uh, yeah, Bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um they like they never you they only have name brand stuff in the show. Like they have like actual like Cheerios, it's not like, you know, loopy cereals or whatever or anything. And um Vince gill and Vince Gilligan was like being like like occasionally Vince Gilligan would get comments that was like, Wow, they must pay you a lot for all the sponsorships and he's just like I mean, I just do that stuff because it feels I feel like it's more distracting to have like fruitios instead of fruit loops or something.
1: Um, here we have uh, Sugar Rice Pops, and the mascot appears to be a very rotund, almost completely circular bull with big, googly eyes and a tiny, tiny cowboy hat hanging off of one horn. And it is the only thing I could focus on in this entire scene. It is, It is, like, <laughs> right in the center of the frame where they come to talk to this kid about the guy dying. Yes, it's so fucking funny. Like, the way that it's drawn it looks like the cow kind of has a monocle, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's um, it's because of one of the other eyes is so far on the other side of its head that um, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: what a look that would be cowboy cowboy hat cowboy belt monocle nothing else you're good to go. It kind of it kind it kind of looks like the
0: um, one of the cows from Home on the oh, Range. Oh yeah 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 the, yeah. The, yeah the the
1: the sissy the, the cows. cow yeah yeah. It's <laughs> what the movie is about. I'm not editorializing. I know, I know. It's literally know. about cows getting hypnotized. <laughs> Okay, it's not about them getting sissy. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> We're not privy to the eternal monologues of these cows.
0: <sighs> it is them get Yeah, it is. It is about them getting hypnotized all I'm saying, by a handsome, cowboy. All I'm saying, cowboy.
1: all I'm saying, is they get hypnotized, and there's a lot more swinging those udders around. You know, that's 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 all I'm gonna say on this podcast. Home on the range. Home on the range was Jungle Book for a new generation. Fuck
0: of hypnofetishes. God, I
1: hate that. I understand what you're talking about in that regard. I hate that I have the cultural knowledge to understand that joke and appreciate it.
0: Come on, everyone knows that Ka was like a was like a well, like Ka was like a fucking prototypical of everything I, for
1: for a lot I, of people. Yeah, do we want to finish talking about Rafter? <laughs> uh,
0: shouts out to Sheer Khan from that movie. I think was I think Sheer Khan was like the first tiger that I ever like. W- was the first tiger that I ever saw. Yeah. I think. God bless. Definitely had a big like. Definitely
1: had a had a big like three year old crush on Sheer Khan. You in know that what? Movie. Understandable. Understandable. If I if I watch that today, I might have a, a big twenty six year old crush on Sheer Khan. But I don't. I really don't remember anything about that movie aside from that uh the bear the bear is there and there's the well no the more i talk about it the more i remember there's the orangutan
0: yeah there's there's balu the bear there's bagheera yeah, the panther, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there's the there's king louis the orangutan who sings i want to be yeah, just like it's all you coming back
1: to me now okay
0: yeah how could how could you how could you forget how could you forget Shere Khan and the the the, the vultures who are like I don't know what do you I don't think do? I've seen that
1: movie since I was like twelve years old it's been it's been I haven't years. I have
0: not seen it since I was like yeah. five it's been even longer for me I watched that one a lot when I was when I was very yeah. very little yeah, I gotcha <laughs> anyways <laughs> so we get the we get the sissy hypno cow from Home on the range on the cereal box and what happens next I I, I literally between um,
1: now and the end of the film I only have four notes um. Because, okay, because okay. I was so, so I will, taken I will, I will, by the rest carry of this,
0: this. film, I, I got this. So we cut to the sheriff's office where they're just taught. There's like a radio broadcast being like tr- where we're, we're The sheriff's office is still looking for help in locating Erica, who disappeared from Darbo's the night yeah, prior. <laughs> and the sheriff is the only one who notices the Brightburn logo, the the Brandon of Sacrifice that was left at both the. Cause like it was like he it was gone from the diner by the time they got there, but he did breathe on the glass and make it show up. And then there was the bright burn, the the bright burn logo on the the pavement, smeared in blood near where uh, Badger died. And uh, 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 we we head into the third act of this movie, and Kyle heads off with Brandon to go hunting, uh,
1: and i think it's kind of i think like it's kind of obvious a- what's going to happen here at least at least for yes. me I, I was like okay you know uh you, you kind of see where this is going
0: yeah the sheriff uh the sheriff the sheriff uh rolls up to the briar estate like five minutes after kyle and brandon leave and is like hey is this anything and shows her the 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 Brandon the sacrifice that was on the ground at the at badger's uh corpse crime scene and Mom says, no, uh but then goes to his room and finds, like, a bunch of really well-drawn art that Brandon did of all of his yeah, murders. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: a very accomplished artist, I gotta say. Brandon, Brandon right. should have gone to art school instead of killing people, because he's talented as hell.
0: <laughs> he, <laughs> he, uh... Yeah, he like has drawn these really intensive. Like, is this another one of his powers? Do you yeah, think? he
1: has the uh, star platinum type precision power where he can just put a pen in his hand <laughs> and draw something really, really quickly.
0: And Brandon, one of the, the last drawings is it says "Take the Earth," and it shows Brandon drawing. Brandon drew himself lasering the Earth with his uh-huh. eyes. And we go back to the hunting scene of Brandon and Kyle like doing like they're just out there hunting but then um Brandon steps out in front of Kyle and is like looking at something on the ground and Kyle like readies his rifle and like is about to it, like tries to shoot him in the back of the head but of course it just bounces right off completely because Brandon is not like you got to come out you got to come at him harder than that like yeah, are if you, you kidding you, are you trying if you're to You're going to sh- come
1: at the king you better not miss you know
0: Yeah he didn't he didn't miss but like you got to <laughs> Like this is the, this is the equivalent of shooting like this is the equivalent of shooting Omar the Wire with the fucking Nerf yeah, gun. Yeah, I I thought why well, like you're you're gonna get a you're gonna get a face full of buckshot. Yeah, in your I turn. thought what was
1: going to happen here was they would make a bullet out of the um out of the spaceship because it was setting yeah. up all the gun stuff. But I mean this is this is fine too because. But like, but like, Kyle does not know that about the spaceship because
0: I'm sure that his, I'm sure that the, I'm sure that the mom, Tori, would not have like yeah, told yeah, him yeah, about yeah. the ways to kill yeah, her son. Yeah. Uh,
1: but what happens here is Brandon just kind of like shrugs it off and turns around. The dad's like, "I'm so sorry." Oh my god, Brandon, I'm so sorry. And Brandon grabs him and fucking melts his head like a goddamn candle using his laser vision. Like you see the lasers eat through his head as it like melts off to the side and just sort of collapses. It's. It's right. pretty fucking gnarly. I, I like it quite a bit. It's yeah. great.
0: And we... Uh, Tori calls Kyle, because she's really worried about the, all the drawings that she found, and is like, Kyle? Hello, Kyle? And Brandon picks up the phone and says, Dad's gone. And she says, Gone where? And he says, You know. I'm home, Mom. And we see that he's, like, levitating above the, uh, the farm. And... The cops roll up, and they try and, they try and like, help save Tori, but, um, as soon as Tori makes it to the front door, the sheriff is standing there, and he's like, don't worry, Tori, we got you, and then as soon as he's, like, mid-sentence, Brandon just, like, rushes past and explodes him, like, the fucking opening sequence of The Boys, where the- where the- 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 the-, the the really fast superhero just explodes that guy's girlfriend. Yeah, he just
1: liquefies this dude. There there's nothing left yeah. of him but blood and viscera pieces on the front porch and the fence.
0: Yep. Um there's another officer there with the sheriff's office, and she's trying to hunt down Brandon, but Brandon just, like, fucking grabs her and ragdolls her like she's fucking interactive buddy, and just bangs <laughs> her against the ceiling yeah. and, like, throws her Yeah, to there's the a really good shot
1: where we see the mom hiding, and in the background, you just Under see bed, her getting yeah. sloshed around like she's been shaken up in a <laughs> yeah, jar. Yeah, like,
0: ragdoll. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Tori is like, oh, fuck, I know what I have to do. I have to go to the barn, and... She heads to the barn She goes to the spaceship That managed to cut Brandon Earlier in the movie And we find the dissected Erica That we talked about earlier The Like Cut to pieces Erica fucked up twisted In pieces Mm -hmm. Moments He uh she she takes a piece of the spaceship off of it and starts like looking for Brandon, and she does the whistling thing again from the start of the movie, and she finds Brandon, talks to him, and was like, I never stopped loving you. You're a blessing. I love you, my little baby boy, my bouncing little Bobo Gungus. <laughs> and he says... Uh, he's... That's the name of the diner, isn't it? Bobo he's... Gungus. <laughs> Bobo <Bumble Yeah>. Gungus. <laughs> he says, I want to do good, Mom. I do. And they hug, and she says, you will always be my baby boy, and tries to stab him. But... He catches her arm and uh before she can actually stab him and like flies him up flies her up into the sky and hang outs there hangs out there for a minute and just drops her into the just drops her yeah, to the yeah, earth. Yeah,
1: just uh Yeah, I I Bye bye, honey <laughs> so this is this is the end of the movie and as as he as well, no, he drops it's... her to the <laughs> ground he looks up ahead of him and he sees a, a plane flying towards him and this motherfucker commits 9-11 too the end of this movie is this <laughs> kid committing the second 9-11 just straight up
0: um and Brandon like we we get like that we don't actually see the plane exploding we just see him like looking at it and then we cut to like the next day when there's like a plane of the wreckage being uh, recovered from the 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 briar yeah, he state. drops the
1: plane he drops and, the plane in his own house and it blows everything up
0: yeah probably also ex- destroys this the, the 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 spaceship that he came on if I had to guess so you know he's just stopped he's just I well, guess we'll have to wait now. until
1: Brightburn two see see what shakes loose. God, I want I want Brightburn. I also want, so badly. I also want a Brightburn that is unmoored from the necessity to tell an origin story, right? I just want right. I just want this kid going sicko mode.
0: Yeah. And uh Brandon left the Brandon of Sacrifice on the wreckage of the plane, and uh like there there's like, we get like some audio broadcast being like of the radio just being like, Oh, one there was a tragic accident today when a plane exploded over Brightburn, Kansas, and it killed the the, the Tory and Tori and Kyle Breyer, as opposed, including all two hundred twenty seven passengers aboard, they are survi- Torian Kyle are survived by their son Brandon. He's like smugly eating a cookie at on um, like sitting on like the the step stool of the uh-huh. ambulance, and then <laughs> bad guy Billy Eilish so starts playing it as we cut, were, like this end credits. <laughs> <laughs> the ending of this movie is so yeah, they, stupid, we...
1: but it's so good.
0: We get an end credits montage of a bunch of like news footage from various networks covering like the, the destruction, the mass destruction that Brandon is wreaking on the town of Brightburn. And the, 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 the news broadcast have like labeled him Brightburn, just named him after the town he's sure. from, I guess. Yeah, why not? Like weird name, but whatever. Um... And I do want to reiterate that the bad guy, Billy is just playing over this whole thing. Like when the fucking, when the fucking, when that kicked in, I, I lost. It's so good. And like, and then there's like a conspiracy theory guy who's, like, an Alex Jones, who's, like, a very obvious Alex Jones send-up, and he's, like, he's credited as something the really tea. stupid the in this. I gotta, because, because the big the big because his show tea, is The Truth yes. Bomb,
1: so he's the big truth, I guess. Uh, it's Michael yeah. Rooker as Alex Jones, essentially, and he's like, oh, the government, hold on, um, <clears throat> the government is is uh is turning turning all the uh the kids gay and sending them up into the into the sky and and they're they're hiding all this shit and they're uh you know just just that whole kind of kind of feel and that's that's it like that's the movie you know i i am um, like i said i was really scared this was going to do a school shooting thing i'm really glad that instead they just had him crash a plane <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were really worried he was going to do a school shooting, but instead, I just did, instead
2: of yeah, did 9/11. well, you know,
1: I I feel like that's more appropriate because this movie, this may come as a shock to the listeners at home, is not well constructed enough to do I to perform nuanced commentary on the hot topic of school shootings in America. So I think if that had happened, right. I would have just been. Depressed and embarrassed by it, you know, uh, that would have been this movie punching way above its weight. Instead, it only slightly punches above its weight and ends on the and dumbest and funniest and best needle drop possible.
0: Yeah. God, I still can't fucking believe Billy It's Eilish so funny. It's movie. so funny. Oh, God. Okay, on a scale of 0 to 5, uh, <laughs> on a scale of 0 to 5, Home on the Range sponsor, Home on the Range brand, Home on the Range brand cow... Corn rice pops. How many sugar rice pops are you? I'm going to give, give this, movie? this. How many boxes of sugar rice pops? I'm are you giving, giving
1: this, this movie a a solid three out of five sugar rice pops. I I don't know if the technical and objective quality of the film merits a three, but it is pretty fun to watch if you're keyed into psycho Kid sicko mode horror films. Yeah,
0: it's definitely. I was just going to say gone. the kills
1: Sorry. are fun. It's competent enough that you don't ever get bored while watching it and it's 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 edgy but it's low impact you know it's not going to change your life yeah. but it's not one of those things you walk out of and you're like wow that was the stupidest thing i've ever seen you know
0: it's it's i complained i think i complained about i can't remember if it was this or Ford Ford re zero that i was complaining about this about on recently but it's like i love like Final Destination and saw like shaped my like my you know my love of horror movies really reshaped my brain to just a point where I I love like what if a fucked up uber violent sure, thing happened totally. and. The thing is that so often that comes part and parcel with what if a super fucked up sexual violence yeah. thing happened? Like, I find this happening a lot with like... Like, I love to read an edgy manga about like murder, you know, doing fucked up murder things to other things. Like, uh, like, fucked up murder things uh-huh. happening. Like, I think, this, I think this, this probably dates back to like, you know, me reading Battle Royale at age sure, like 15 sure, or totally. whatever. But like, again, this like so much edgy manga lately is so much like that, but also sexual violence. And this has... All of the killer of sex of the of the physical violence, none of the sexual violence, and it's just exactly what I wanted. It does only get to three and a half stars for me because it's like I think to go any further above that would be to call this like a capital G good yeah. movie, which no. this is not. I had a blast with this though. This is like everything that I wanted this movie to be. I really, really, really. Yeah, it enjoyed was. This. It was quite
1: fun. You know, I enjoyed watching it with you. I'm I'm glad it was as fun as it is. So I've I've given this one a single thumbs up. You know, <laughs> Sorry.
0: I I just noticed on the, I just noticed on the poster that I uh, uploaded for the tw- for the Twitter questions. Um, the there's a tag on it that says from producer James Gunn, visionary filmmaker behind Guardians of the Galaxy. No D <laughs> on the behind.
1: Oh boy.
0: Um, year of the sleepy girl at loves small song asks what if you were a bit fucked up and twisted and frankly my dear I don't have to imagine I am the I am my own evil twin I am the fucked up and twisted version yeah, of myself yeah. that's not true this that's is a not fucked not up and twisted podcast <laughs> the, for evil people the, the fucked up twisted version of me would be like I I <laughs> The fucked up, twisted, evil version of me is that fucking Red Scare woman who has COVID right now. I was gonna say,
1: the fucked up and evil, twisted version of me is the version that never stopped being a Republican and is out doing, like, (laughs) fucking evil, evil things at an attorney's office or some shit like that. I don't know. The the evil version of me is, like, at the end of Superman 3, or or not at the end of Superman 3, where he becomes evil and his first thing that he does is he fixes the leaning tower of pizza. Like, that is a... That is my fucked up and evil me. I'm going around, and I I don't know what would I do. What would I do if me right now, if this, if if I personally became evil? I don't know. I would like go take a dump. I mean, evil me take evil a dump me. on the White House lawn or something like that. I mean, who's gonna stop
2: me?
0: I mean, that sounds that sounds pretty. That doesn't sound pretty. That doesn't sound fucked up and evil to me. That sounds like like that yeah, like that's direct just direction. <laughs> it's like a big fat shit on joe just taking a fat shit on joe biden's property and getting shot by well well i'd have superman <laughs> powers i'd
1: have fucked up evil superman powers uh, they okay. couldn't stop me you
0: you you just sh- you just shake off the bullets while leaving a fat dump yeah yeah line. why not you know yeah i i hope i hope brightburn 2 has some kind of direct action that would like be that. great
1: i would love for them to make a sequel that was more like venom <laughs> let there be carnage where it's just completely goofy but i don't know Will they make a bright two jury? Yeah, we'll see. I'll be I'll be there they on sh- day They one. should. Yeah.
0: Let me let me just take the Wikipedia because there there might like Wikipedia will often have some shit about like oh the the sequel there's a sequel in process or something. Uh uh. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> okay, hold on. Um. So I just learned that the fact that the restaurant was called Darbo's is uh, a reference to the the Rain Wilson movie. Oh Super. yeah,
1: that was also by James Gunn. Yeah. Rain
0: Wilson. Yeah, Rain Rain Wilson plays a character named Frank Darbo mm, in that
1: movie. Interesting.
0: Okay. And let's see. Uh, the the okay in August twenty nine. Okay, here we go. In May twenty nineteen, directed David Yarovsky Director David Yarovsky stated that upon the film be, potentially being a success, the universe of Brightburn would be expanded upon. And there's just like a bunch of like maybe, maybe something about this stuff, like. Uh, and in in June 2019, James Gunn also stated that that discussion of the sequel was happening. He was just busy with the Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, and Jackson Dunn wants to do it again. Well, God
1: bless. Uh, Brightburn 2, Burn Harder, coming soon. Give it,
0: I I need it, come on. Um... We got recommendations. Uh, no, we didn't question. Recommendations.
1: Yeah. Uh, I am. I, I mentioned it earlier on the podcast. I always forget that we do recommendations on this show, so I never have anything prepared. But I will just go <laughs> ahead and again recommend The Brood by David Cronenberg. Very good uh, early movie by him. Very striking colors. Very icky horror film. The, the violence in it is very well handled, it's very frigid, very cold. It, it, it is a deeply divorced movie, I think. It is, um, it is a movie that has a lot of pain from him going through his divorce and, like, the weird relationship politics and gender politics and generational trauma of all that. But there is some really fucked up scenes with some evil children and it's pretty cool to watch. And I think, like, in terms of his filmography, people mostly think of, you know, The Fly video drome that kind of thing but the brood is is quite good and I will recommend it to people who enjoy a good horror film hell yeah
0: um, my recommendation this week is gonna be um, a bit of an abstract one it's I've been playing a lot of Celeste lately again and I mean I, I'll always recommend Celeste like it's one of if not my all-time favorite game um, but what I've been doing lately is I've been going back and doing, like, the the, the Golden Strawberries, which are... Have you I have Celeste? not,
1: because I am not good at those kinds of games, and they make me frustrated.
0: Okay, so the the structure of Celeste is that there are eight main chapters throughout the... Well, there's seven chapters, and there's, like, an eighth bonus chapter. There's also the ninth, ninth DLC, but I'm uh-huh. on the side. So there's eight main chapters throughout the game, which comprise the story of the game... And then there are, those are the A-sides, then there are B-sides, which are, like, the same stages, but, like, remixed and made harder, kind of like a Mario ROM hack or something. Um, and then there are C-sides, which are, like, even harder, but they're only three screens long, but they're, like, like 25 to 30 seconds of, like, each a piece of, like, perfect platforming. Um, and what they have are golden strawberries, which are, if you can do a chapter, uh, and get all the way from the start to the finish without dying once you get a golden strawberry. And I've just been like working at that and plinking away at, uh, just, you know, getting the way through. And I think I've gotten like, there's 25 you can get in total, including the one for the DLC. And I think I have like 14 now. Um, I've just been very much enjoying just like working at this challenge, just having something very hard that I'm just kind of like pecking away at day in day out so i guess my recommendation this week is to is to challenge yourself do something that's do something that's like hard yeah. but fun and rewarding hell yeah uh i think that's everything so morgan where can people find yeah
1: you? i'm on twitter at curse Goat. i'm on letterboxd at sewer peak p-e-a-k i keep meaning to change that but i keep forgetting to do it i uh do the emoji podcast with sylvie uh, emoji jerome which i'm sure most people who are listening to this have at least heard about at this point um so that's out there on the internet we are trying to get a new episode out but we had to recover a file from a uh, busted computer so it's been taking a while to get back around to it Uh, Other than that, yeah, I I recently released a tiny little zine with five of my movie reviews I wrote last year, if that sounds like your kind of thing. I'm hosting that on itch.io, I think just under the username cursegoat, whatever the sort of combination of URL is that you have to get there, itch.io slash cursegoat or, or whatever so maybe check that out and uh i am also in texas if you'd like to hunt me down and find me uh you can find me there in in the state of texas if you want to do a whole most dangerous game type situation but um i guess i guess that's it (laughs) how about you sarah uh you can
0: find me on twitter at sunhatgenya. s-u-n-h-a-t-z-h-e-n-y-a uh but you can also find us on Twitter at fearbaiting. You can also support us the support the show on Patreon if you'd like. The Patreon is back up and running in the new year. Um $1 a month gets you early access to the episodes when we get them up early. Uh, we get uh five bucks a month for uh your uh Oh, hold on. I have a message from patrons. I, I this is five bucks a month Get lets you send a message into the show for reading. Ten bucks a month gets you all that stuff, plus uh, uh little uh 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Okay, sorry. Five bucks a month gets you your name right on the podcast, and uh, uh, you can send a short message into the show. 10 bucks a month says, um, 10 bucks a month lets you make a watch, make us watch a movie of your choosing at gunpoint. And so, thank you very much to Paul Moran, Paul Bechtel, and Luna Wolf. We love you all so much. Um, if we are so graciously, host- graciously hosted on the noise network where you can find so many other great podcasts, it is so wonderfully curated and owned led by the pod father Matt Gamecube, we love him and the uh, our intro and outro music is done by people you meet outside of bars. You can find more of their work by heading to gay goth vibes This episode is this episode and most of the other episodes are edited by Blair. Find him on Twitter at Blair Kitch. Thank you so much, Blair. And if you want to listen to more of me, you can listen to my other podcasts, such as Special Grade Snacks, which will be coming back soon, whenever that movie gets uh, a publication. You will be uh, getting a... Uh, you can listen to Henrikhsjur's Pokemon Going to Die. It's a left podcast that infrequently updates. You can listen to the Wonder Yorks and Anor's podcast. And you can listen to my new, new podcast, Forward Forward ReZero, a ReZero watch-along podcast. We just recorded episode four pretty recently. I think it's a pretty good anime i like i think the show is good like the podcast is pretty good too so i recommend it you know i mean i'm biased but you know what can you do uh but i think that's gonna be everything so until next time i'm sarah i'm morgan and remember you
1: can put a fucked up guy anywhere good night everyone